My name is Yessi, and I play the Dwarf Fighter Grimton Steadyhand, a paladin of Bahamut and special legionnaire of the Pandominion. You're listening to Advantage. Last episode, in number 025, the party arrived at the ashen ruins of Isotalos. Out of reverence, Nexby asked Morlinde, Ulrich, and Neavan if they could show her around their old home. While passing the sepulcher, Neavan asked to stop and pay her respects to the ancestor spirits, who now include her sons. During her prayers, a woodwode, a plant construct grown out of a sacrificial protection ritual, attacked Neavan and she was knocked unconscious. But the heroes and Nexby all survived. And that's where we'll pick up. So we'll pick up as the four of you and Nexby load Neavan's bruised, unclothed body onto Marge the Barge, um, Nexby looks at you, Merlinde. What, what, what was that thing? That was a wood woad, which means that someone, someone died, and they're, uh, and and someone purposefully desecrated their body, took their heart out, put a seed in it, and buried it, and then three days later, the wood woad appears who's so that who, who's was it i don't know if there's a way i don't think there's a way to know i don't think you can know who it was i don't think you can know who did it you just know that is, it is not good is is there anywhere that we can go to like protect ourselves from this spirit crap is is there something we could do is there is there a blessing you can give i'm gonna go say a prayer at the shelter of spirits to bless this land at least one more time before we leave um but then after that, I don't know if I want to be here for a while. Should should I go with you? Should I should I stay here with Neavan? What what do you suggest? Someone needs to stay with Neavan. Okay, well, I'll stay here then. And the other three of you? I mean, yeah, we're gonna go. I'll go. So the 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 path between Marge the Deathbringer and uh, the Shelter of Spirits takes you past the Council Valley. I think so. So, um, passing it, you, you, you come to one of the most sacred areas of Isotalos, uh, one of the most ancient parts of the city. It, it teems with new growth. Isotalos wasn't always this large. Like, centuries ago, it was just a, a point on the banks of the Charmed River, um, simply a wider spot along the run that hosted a band of um, elves by the same name. These elves were a fair bunch who was dressed in the primal spirits ran deep and as legend goes one dark night before the moon was even set in its place and the distant roars of the gods and primordials um, locked in battle still echoed over the cusp uh, presiding druid 
uh, Kalaril warned of a prophecy that he heard from the spirit Little Dragon among one of the pantheon was to betray the others and send the world into a forever winter. The Council of Elders considered this fate and agreed that they would begin to build on this site in order to prepare for the upcoming cold. Though they would normally hunt and gather in the forest following the migrations and growth patterns of the woods, the Council agreed that, this, that these new times called for a new plan. The elves would plant seeds among the roots of the tree father had already laid out and only trim back the branches so that enough light would shine upon them, then collect their surplus and ration it out to have enough food to last against the upcoming siege from the god. Uh, the branches trimmed from the trees would be woven into the great thorn walls that would create the settlement's first structures. Months passed, and the goddess Kala did indeed seize the world and send the cusp into the winter as the spirit little dragon foretold. However, Isitalos was prepared. Uh, it, it had am amassed enough food in their granaries to last them until Kala was defeated by the spirit Stormhawk, and then both the gods and primordials were exiled from the world. Uh, and because of their decision to settle, Isitalos was able to be established as a trading center within the Watched Forest, uh, which is abnormal for the region as a whole, but um, still blessed by their spirit guardians as long as they never forgot who had protected them that winter. And so, passing it now, the Council Valley has grown and changed since these ancient times. Um, it has become a place of community. Uh, it was here where hopeful citizens were voted on by the community. Morlinde, your parents became East Italians in this site. Um, you remember witnessing uh, the vote of Brabak years ago. And Ulrich, this is where you found a home. Among a num this number of transplants and immigrants include the people who became great and powerful leaders of uh, the city. With, with the welcoming invitation of the spirit blood cousin, this holy site is where uh, Karl Falheide and uh, Thamor Yesrik and the late Jacob Craw, none of whom descendants were original to the East Italian Band of Elves, those three all earned their rank as members of the Council of Elders. And so tragically, this is also a site where the citizens of East Italos also voted on the fate of the Pandominion's road 10 months ago and where Kareth abandoned the city and turned against its heritage. This is where the names of the missing and the dead were read during the lament and where Cyanidel rallied the surviving elves against the Pandominion. Uh, despite these losses, the green of new grasses growing from the soot gives you hope. So you pass through this valley on your way to the Shelter of Spirits. Uh, anything y'all want to add to that? Or is it just memories that go through your head? Yeah, kind of reverent. Yeah, I feel like none of us would have been speaking, would have like understood that this is essentially, not necessarily like holy ground, but like a place where you are quiet. Um, yeah, disrespect. But Arik is still generally like nervous, because as we recall previously, I believe there was potentially a war forged about. Yeah. So like, I, yes. I still have like my bow out and an arrow knocked, ready to go, and I'm generally sort of uneasy. So, as as you continue through this trail deeper into the woods, you see the shelter of spirits. 
this was the first permanent structure in the city, made with smooth stones taken from the charmed river. It became a sacred place, a consecrated place, blessed by the ancestor spirits and used for the new moon conclaves. Merlinde, this is where Carith brought you and other young elves and asked you to prepare rituals and potions. This, there was something about you, obvious to those that could see, like capital S, C, from the way that you would select the ingredients uh, for rituals and your connection to the weave, uh, the arcane force that pulses through the world. And over the months, Carith weaned down the ca candidates. And in the end, Morlinde, you were invited on a trip into the forest, just one-on-one, -on -one, you and Carith. In this distant memory, you recall trekking with the presiding druid many miles over many days to a place you can no longer picture, deep, deep in the heart of the woods. And there you were presented to a large conclave of elven presiding druids from across the watched forest. You were given an herb that you don't know. And then you woke up in a camp with Kareth. Do you remember what happened? No? Good. This is for the best. All you need to know is that the circle of great duty has given you their blessing. And we may now begin your training, small oak. It was not spoken of again. So Kareth taught you the names of the spirits and how to see in the forest. Uh, they... They existed everywhere, the spirits, bountiful and weaving among the trees and uh, the babbling creeks. Occasionally, Kareth would take you to spend time with other non-presiding druids in the forest, and they would teach you the wisdoms that they had acquired and introduce you to the dru druidic circles with which they were familiar while Kareth was away. As the seasons guided by the earth wheel cycle on, you were eventually allowed to be present at the assembly fires while the presiding druid advised the elder council on managing the city. When Kareth would eventually pass on, their body would be laid to rest at the sepulcher and their spirit uh, joins the, the other ancestor souls. And you would be the one to advise Isotalos in the spirit way. It's just that I feel like there was so much more to learn and there was so much good going on that was interrupted. And I just still feel really, I feel really bitter about it. I'm so angry. Like I'm not, I'm not happy about being back here and thinking about like all of the, the growth I was supposed to have and all of like how I was supposed to lead this city into like respecting and taking care of the spirits in the forest and instead we're here and it's burned to the ground and it's divided and there's an army of half of the city going to attack the other half it's not what I ever wanted for my city it's not what I ever wanted for my job uh, <laughs> and so I just like I don't even want to be in this building I don't want to be near it um, I still think it's a good idea and I, I know I need to to at least go in and offer the prayer yeah pray one one last time because I'm ready to leave as you approach it now you see that the green from the council valley is even more expansive here uh, this the site is flush with new growth it feels alive and electric with energy between the grasses and leaves, you can see the glowing blue of what looks like lightning pulsing 
raw and alive. You remember the storm and the summoning of the spirit Stormhawk. Through the opening, you see a crisp, shimmering azure light that throbs like a heartbeat. Everybody's hands, hands, everyone's hair stands on end. Everybody's hand stands, (laughs) 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 More Linde, on the wall outside, you see a message scrawled in Druidic. I asked for peace. You would not listen. A direct quote from the legend of Stormhawk. Okay, so we're like standing outside of this. You're saying the glowing blue is coming from inside? Yeah. Well, that looks like Stormhawk. <laughs> Morlinda, I don't, I don't think this is one that, uh, this is this that is one you mess sh- with. Well, or that specifically we need to mess with. If you're gonna have a conversation with whatever yeah, that is, I, think, I don't think it needs to involve that's... us. Yeah. Well, how about we just <laughs> we'll keep our safe distance and oh, great. we'll let you go over there, and we'll be here for backup. <laughs> If if something goes wrong, right, I'll stand well, near the door. <laughs> Stormhawk is, is angry enough, I think. I'm not so much worried about Stormhawk and that whole thing. My my hands are still at the ready, like on my blade, surveilling the surrounding area. Not not to not to bring, not to make this any less important. But to Grimton. But Grimton really just cares <laughs> about the Warforged. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. You know, we kind of left Nexby. Defenseless back there. Yeah. If if there's some more forged around, they might just kidnap her. I didn't think about that. I did, but I also guessed that like no way we were gonna go was gonna be a good idea, and like she's at least closer to Marge. Yeah, like. Well, she's in Marge the Barge, right? Oh my! Before in my playing. the air and on all four of you rain begins to fall Morlinda you hear a voice through feeling the drops on your skin and as as it sprinkles on you you understand rather you don't hear the voice but you can feel the voice does that make sense yeah and this is not the soft voice of Kareth as had entered your mind at the shrine of Everflame at the side of Trails End this voice is low, it is angry, it is fierce, and it rages as it speaks. This is the story of Stormhawk and how he taught the world to defend itself against the immortals and the elementals. In the early days of the war of gods and primordials, the world remained untouched. Battles raged in the astral sea above the elemental chaos, but the mortal realm was left alone. When that changed and war came to the world, the suffering was great. One day, five younger gods and one great primordial tumbled into the world locked in battle. Fire scorched the woods, acid melted the mountains. Astral stone and primordial iron carved huge scars through this earth and sky. People ran in terror. As the gods and primordial battled, 
no one noticed the white cloud that drifted above them. The gods did not see the cloud grow black as mountains tumbled. The primordial ignored it, the rain as it hammered against it, pleading for peace. The cloud took the shape of a great hawk. Lightning flashed, a warning from its eyes. Thunder boomed from the great bird's beak, demanding peace, but the gods and the primordial fought on. Driven by rage, the great hawk swooped through the battle, scattering those who brought war to the world. The lightning spoke, I warned you once, not again. In a great blue-white flash, the gods and the primordial were blinded. The thunder spoke, I asked for peace, you would not listen. With a terrible roar, the storm drove all their sound from the combatant's ear. The rain spoke in a tap-tap-tapping drops that the elementals and the immortals could understand in their blinded and deafened state. I asked before, now I'm telling you. And the rain beat them down in waves, pummeling all memory and reason from their minds. Stormhawk dipped its beak into each god and the primordial, ripping out the choice bits before throwing those enemies back into the worlds from which they came. And at this, the world is momentarily lit up by lightning. Morlinde, you shut your eyes instinctively, but the world does not rematerialize. It remains black. You are blinded. There's a mighty crash of thunder that throws you to the ground. You are deafened and you are prone. All four of you roll for initiative. Eight. Oh, I also got eight, Joe. Okay. I got a twenty-one. Uh, normally, I'd have an ability uh, that lets me get a special turn before everybody else's, but I feel like for for this, like we're caught so unawares that I'm gonna forego that. Mechanic. So, Alaris, you witness Morlinde being thrown from the the front archway of the Shelter of Spirits. She's on the ground, a few feet away. She was like just. Dis- not destroyed. She was uh, <laughs> pushed back in into uh, the field of the Council Valley. It's raining. There's obviously a huge lightning storm like right above you. And from the shelter of spirits out the door appears this electric blue. Uh, I'm probably going to say like a wingspan of 15 feet giant falcon that you can identify as Stormhawk. Right. Right. Stormhawk yeah. is a falcon. <laughs> <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> I'm tr- look, I can't just keep saying hawk and bird and raptor. I, ne- I need more uh, synonyms. I will say eagle at some point, I am sure. Um, oh, and you, you the four of you have seen Stormhawk before. Yeah. Yeah. So we just saw Morlinda get born, blown back. I guess we should assume that negotiations didn't go well. <laughs> they didn't even start. <laughs> Understatement of the year. So- so I guess I'm going to actually go see if Morlinde's okay, because I'm still not sh- quite sure if this is fight territory. Like, it's a, it's this primal spirit. Like, why would we want to get in the confrontation with it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So you're going to run up to Morlinde? Yeah, and make sure she's okay. Give me a medicine roll. Or is Alaris not, like, deafened, prone, and blind? Like, nope. Only Morlinde. Oh. Yeah. This time only, because we all stayed back. Good thinking. Uh, 19. You can tell that Morlinde is uh, deafened and blind. Is there <laughs> any way I can help her with that? I don't know. 
Is there? Do you have any healing things? No, I don't have any you healing like abilities. You like stick your finger in her ear until it unclogs. Because that's how that is works. That how, uh, I'm just going to like give her a good shake. <laughs> magical wet willy. <laughs> a magical wet willy. I'll, I'll give Morlinde advantage on one of those saving throws. We're going to move on to Stormhawk. Stormhawk is going to unleash uh, lightning breath on Morlinde and Alaris. Because Alaris ran into the rain of fire. <laughs> Each creature in the line must make a DC 16 dexterity saving throw. So, Alaris, Morlinde, roll that d20. Alright. Uh, Good. I definitely got it. I mean, it. 13? Alright, this is going to go for both of you. It's going to be 11 lightning damage, and you are stunned. Mother. M- Morlinde, you are uh, lightning struck, obviously. You are deafened, blind, stunned, and also prone. Good. You can get up from prone. I'm going to do that, and then can I save for stuff, or is yeah. that a no? Yeah, give me uh, give me three dice rolls. You have advantage on blind and deafened. Uh, okay, I'm rolling for blind right now. Okay. You said I have advantage, right? Yes. Well, I rolled a 15, so that's good. Okay. Um, now I'm rolling for deafened. Nat one, so there's that. Can I roll for stun? Yes. Well, too bad. Rolled a six. Okay. I am not blind. You are not blind. <laughs> and I'm standing. Uh, Ulrich, it's your turn, my dude. I guess not my dude. My friend, pal. Dude? I feel like dude is pretty... How does Ulrich feel about dude? Dude's cool. Ulrich is going to do something a little uncharacteristic in the they're normally like a ranger and like stay back and you know, do poke damage. Uh, <laughs> and it's going to sprint forward, placing themselves in between Morlinde and Alaris and Stormhawk. Okay. Uh, so are you going to also attack when you run up? I'm going to draw my sword, um, which, as previously stated, is actually a short sword, but because I'm wee small, is counted as a long sword for a me. Sword sword. I'm going to draw it and shout at Alaris and Morlinde to get back. So can I ready, like, an, a- an attack for if I think Stormhawk is going to attack again? Like a sort of preemptive sure. counter-strike? Okay, then I'm going to do that. So I'm standing there, blade in hand, looking as intimidating as I can. But resisting engaging? Yes. Grimton, it's your turn. Grimton is very on edge about just the Warforce in general. And then, like, Stormhop coming in and, like, dropping bombs isn't helping anything. So he's looking around. He can immediately feel Stormhawk's presence, as it were. Like, and it doesn't sit right with him but he knows that this is a powerful being he's gonna reach for the most important like item that he has with him and he's been using it to like pray uh since its conversion to paladin hood which is the hilt of one of his grandfather's old swords yes and he's gonna uh, i guess roll a religion check and pray to bahamut for power and guidance in the coming battle or what he is gonna expect to be a coming battle (laughs) <laughs> and I not 20 Grimton you you pray to Bahamut and you lift this uh, your grandfather's sword hilt up to the sky and with the nat 20 just the most divine presence not presence the most divine blessing comes from the heavens and just like immediately in your hand is a radiant greatsword that's going to be 2d6 plus 1 radiant damage. 
it turns on and off with a prayer. Okay. Badass. So it's a, so a two-handed greatsword. You do have to take your shield off if you want to use it. Fair game. So you have that in your hand. Do you want that to be your full action? Yeah, I'm just gonna drop my shield, I guess, and like two-hand the greatsword, and I'm moving towards Stormhawk. Alaris, Grimton is looking like he's about to engage. You are stunned. Uh, it is also your turn. I summon the flaming sphere right behind Stormhawk. Uh, for the saving throw, I rolled a 13. Uh, that's a tie. Tie goes to the attacker. So how much damage? Six. Okay, and you're concentrating on that? Uh, yeah, well, I'm also going to save from stun. I rolled a five. Stormhawk's turn. Uh, it is going to attack the most present person there at the moment, which is uh, Ulrich. But uh, because I readied, am I going to attack first? Is yes, you can attack first. Go for it. Okay. I asked for a home, and you gave me fire. Ooh, I rolled. Then the roll is a 19, and I'm going to add stuff to it. So. Yes. Okay. Uh, but did, 20, but okay. did Stormhog give us fire, or did Everflame? No, I'm angry, okay? Listen, there's going to be several of these. Just wait. Steven, go ahead and give yourself inspiration. Yes. Yeah, I'm angry. Like, <laughs> for 11 damage. I see it, like, preparing its attack, which I don't know what its attack was going to do exactly, but, like... It looked like it was going to do something. And I sort of ran up and then, like, jump, slash, down kind of thing. So, like, jump, and then as I was falling, slashed it. And probably got it in the, like, chest area. So it, like, hurt, yeah. but didn't, like, mortally anime. wound it. Yeah, it's very anime. <laughs> it's it's weird as your blade goes through Stormhawk because it's, it's a spirit, right? But uh, it does seem to have some sort of carnality to it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um like, there's resistance, but not what I yeah. would expect as, like, a hunter who's had to deal with killing animals before. Stormhawk is going to uh, respond by making three attacks on deserve you, Auric. It's going to be a 17 to hit. Um, this, this first attack is going to do um, seven piercing damage, and then plus one lightning damage to you. That was the first attack out of three. Eight. Uh, or did a total of eight. And Stormhawk comes down and, like, gnashes at you with its beak and is going to now make two claw attacks. 21 to hit. And the second one, I'm just going to roll these both at the same time, is going to be a 13 to hit. Uh, the 13, hits, the 13 right? misses, yes. That's going to be five slashing damage on you with that one talon. Um, Morlinde, it's your turn again. You're still deafened and stunned. All right. Um, so I'm going to save for those things. Well, you save at the end, right? Oh, wait. I have, like, I have one yeah. move, yeah? Yeah, so you just attack it. So I'm going to try and use Moonbeam, which is really cool because I'm going to have a 40 by 5 foot cylinder of light. That's incredible. Um, is it radiant damage? So let me... Is this cylinder damage. like come vertically or from your hands? It like come, yeah, it's like vertically. It like comes gotcha. from the sky. Nice. Just call it out of the sky and goes. I love that. There's that guy. Oh, that's not going to hit. It's so not going to hit. I rolled like a five, and even with adding stuff, that's not going to hit. Okay. You say the words to the spell, you you reach up, and you kind of, with your hand, guide this moonbeam down, and it parts through the storm clouds that are raging above you and comes down, but it misses Stormhawk. It's it's there, and it, it should have hit, but like it was as Stormhawk was attacking Ulrich, and it just missed. Uh, I just rolled 20 for deafen, so not deafen. 
And I rolled seven for stun, Bummer. so I'm still stunned. At least the, the ringing from your ears is gone, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Arik, your turn. I am going to, like, having taken some damage and probably gotten, like, physically pushed back, but also I'm going to, like, jump back a little bit, put a little bit of distance between me and Stormhawk, and draw my bow. Do I take a, an opportunity? You can. I you? didn't, like, this wasn't a shift. That'll be a 14 versus your AC? That's a miss. So I expertly dodge yet another Talon and scuttle out. Well, I don't scuttle out. It, it looks good. I'm not like a crap. Um, and, I, and I draw my bow um, and draw an arrow, not one of the blue ones that I have. And I'm going to say, I asked for love and you gave me hate. And I'm going to loosen an arrow. Yeah, I'll just do number one. 18. That'll hit. Four... Uh, 11 damage. Uh, Grimton, your turn. I'm going to attack it with my lightsaber. <laughs> I'm going to attack it with my radiant greatsword. Uh, nat 20. Dang! That's two nat 20s in a row. 15. 15 damage. Right on. Uh, tell me what this looks like as I'm doing math. As he's approaching, maybe it's his own hubris at this point. He's riding like an emotional divine high. But he feels like he knows Stormhawk feels his presence. And he swings and he's channeling like the justice of Bahamut into this creature that once uh, threw out his kind from the, the cusp, you know? Kind of some divine comeuppance, some vindication. Ah, the old divine comeuppance. <laughs> So at this point, it's going to go back to Alaris. Uh, the the driving storm around you has already begun to soak in your bones. Uh, the electricity crackles in the air around you. Uh, water rushes through the charmed river as it begins to rise. Uh, Alaris, you are stunned still. Uh, what are you doing? You still got that uh, flaming... No. Flaming, flaming sphere. Then sure, I will just maintain it. Uh, 12 for saving. 12 for saving? Congratulations. I, I'm rolling a saving throw, right? Yes. But it needs to also... It needs to be happening at the end of Stormhawk's turn. Not at the end of my oh. turn. If it's a creature in their turn next to it, then they take... Then they do a statement. Okay, so Stormhawk comes right after you. It is now currently Stormhawk's turn. Stormhawk is also actually going to turn around to Laris and uh, give the old 1-2... Actually, it's going to be the old 1-2-3 at you uh, doing that bite-claw-claw maneuver again. The bite's gonna miss. Uh, rolled a nine. Claw off the board. The claw was in a one talon was in that one. The s- second one was a fourteen plus two sixteen yeah, that, versus your yeah, AC. You got it. Misses both of those, but the claw is gonna come down and it's going to deal you uh, six slashing damage. And now I'm gonna make that saving throw for um, the flame sphere. That's a ten. So he he will take. Seven damage. Moylinda, your turn. Still stunned. And I have a whopping three All HP. Right, so <laughs> nice. Nice. So I'm gonna go ahead and try and hit Stormhawk again. Uh, so will a 19 hit? Yes. I call the moonbeam from the sky, and it just goes, <laughs> and fricks up Stormhawk, um, and hopefully knocks Stormhawk back into the ball of fire? Question mark. Sure. Yeah, uh, let's do it. Rule of cool. 20 damage? Wow. Dang. Is that really it? I never hit anything that hard. Is that really Congratulations. It? Yeah, that's Alaris it. at the end of Stormhawk's turn, uh, when I'm supposed to save against uh, the Flaming Sphere, make sure I automatically fail it. Okay? 
Okay. Morlinda, give me a uh, saving throw for stunt. Oh, yes, please. Nine, still not happening. Bummer. Uh, I'm going to just, like, draw and loose another arrow. I asked for peace, and you did not listen. But the the last, and you did not listen, there is an added depth to my voice as the uh-huh. spirit bear kicks in, particularly seeing nice. how, like, damaged Alaris is. So I'm going to shoot my arrow, which is the first thing I'm going to do. Yep. 19. Ooh, can you can the 19? can the spirit bear erupt from the arrow? I'm getting there. Hold on. Nice. First, I wanted to <laughs> I wanted to do I wanted to just like actually do the shot because that's that's just gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm gonna shoot the arrow, and there's gonna be this like it's gonna speed along, and like mother bear is gonna go with it, uh, and mother bear is going to there's a an amount I can heal. See, I thought the bear was all offense. No, I can I. <laughs> She's gonna fight also, but there is a way I can heal with her. Hold on, give me two seconds to pull it up, and by two seconds I mean slightly longer because I'm a goober. The the chosen creature gains temporary hit points equal to two d6 plus my wisdom modifier. Nice. My wisdom is 12, so my modifier is one, correct? Yes. So, Zach, roll 2d6 and add one to it, and you get that health. Now let me roll damage on my arrow, <laughs> and then Spirit Bear is also gonna attack. What? Oh, I rolled. You said two d sixes, right? Uh, two d six plus one. Yeah, I got three HP back. You rolled snake yeah. eyes. <laughs> my uh, Joe, my damage is gonna do five for my arrow, okay. and then now it is the Spirit Bear's turn to attack. Here is the image. I said what I said. I shot an arrow. Out of my arrow also erupted a sprinting spirit bear who, like, settled herself on top of where Alaris is as the arrow struck, and then she is going to turn and swing and bite at Stormhawk. I love it. Uh, is a nine going to hit? No. Cool. And then, because she has two attacks, so here's the second one. How about a 12? No. Okay. Grimton. Your turn. I'm gonna keep doing what's been working so far for me. And as my sword is like, I feel like radiating especially brightly because I feel like it's a personal uh, vendetta against Stormhawk. Yeah. That the gods have. I'm gonna imagine that it's like, it's like you can feel the pressure of the energy around it. However, I rolled a four. So that's all that he's gonna feel. <laughs> so I swing and miss. Oh. <laughs> You attempt, and it misses. And then suddenly, new figures appear on the battlefield. Five clockwork soldiers, wielding halberds Jeez. and longswords, charge into the fray against Stormhawk. Sorry, right, I didn't The Warforged Hunters anyway. are clad with strong, brassy armor. <laughs> Beneath their breastplates, gears tick and whir. Hey friends, it's Joe. So glad you've joined us for episode number 026 of Advantage. We are so close to our first anniversary. On January 2nd, we'll be releasing two episodes. One will be the normal story, number 027, and the second will be a trivia game about lore of the cusp. Um, we're, we're so excited to be playing um, to be playing this campaign with you for almost a year now. Thanks to everybody who's gotten us this far and really kept us going um like 
Daniel Grayling, who did our digital art, and Blake Bost, who wrote the score playing behind me now. You can hear that full overture at soundcloud.com slash blakebost. Also, thanks to Labor of Love Graphics for their help with web design at advantagednd.com. And of course, thank you to all our Patreon supporters. Receiving funds is a great relief to us. It helps ensure a quality product for you as our listeners. If you're feeling generous, if you love the show, and you want us to do a better job at it, it would be a great deal of help if you could contribute at patreon.com slash advantage dnd thanks to everybody who has donated so far like kim schmidt and jaron phillips who donated most recently each of those tiers comes with a reward attached and as a five dollar member uh donors get to hang out with the cast and me before we record um as a ten dollar donor you could stay on the call as we record and get a sneak peek of what will likely be airing uh later in 2018 this month, we're planning on recording a lot while school's out, and we would love for you to join us. Again, our link is patreon.com slash advantage DND. Those donations help so much. Uh, if, if you're looking for a unique, high-quality gift for a role player in your life, tis, tis the season, this is the site for you. Dark Silver Forge continues to offer 10% off all of their products to Advantage listeners. I'm in love with their Cthulhu Gold Metal Dice. Check them out at darksilverforge.com and use the code ADVANTAGEDND, all space, no caps, and get 10% off everything on their line of products. Our allies in podcasting, How Friends Roll, recently put out an announcement about uh, how their next season is going to work. Their latest Switch series that I ran for them is also in their feed. Uh, if you're interested in potentially getting on the Switch series, email solely or I at howfriendsroll at gmail.com. You can also reach out to me, advantagednd at gmail.com. All of our handles on social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, Reddit, uh, they're all at advantagednd as well. You can also send us voicemails that we'll cut into the show. Finally, again, our Patreon page, donating at patreon.com slash advantagednd is the most powerful way that you can really display your support for the show. If you can't afford that, leaving an iTunes review is a great way to bring in new fans. Thanks to Jaron Phillips and Wheezy0516 for their recent five-star ratings. Really, all I want for Candle Nights and this gift-giving season are your iTunes reviews and maybe new mics. The more ratings we have, the more people will find the podcast and the better we can get for you. All right, now let's get back to the show. Thank you. The Warforged Hunters are clad in strong, brassy armor, and beneath their breastplates, gears tick and whir. One of them is going to, uh, the first one rather, is going to come up and attack Stormhawk. It's going to miss. The next one is going to roll a 16 uh, plus 3. Going to swing its longsword and do 11 damage to Stormhawk. Third, all of these are in a row just because it's easier for me as DM. Uh, this one's going to come up and also attack Stormhawk. Uh, also is going to roll a 16 and do two damage. This fourth one is going to roll against um, probably more Linde. That's 17 plus four. Uh, yeah, that'll probably hit. So on its gauntlet is a, a a cannon that pops out of the side, right? 
and uh, it's going to fire a net at you. A mechanism from within the Clockwork Huntsman's chest can fire a net with a 20-foot long trailing cable anchored with a Huntsman's chest. So it wraps around you and it ensnares your body and you feel tiny pricks uh, of your skin as tiny barbs woven into the fabric digs into you. Uh, and your joints begin to stiffen as paralysis potion sets in. Um, uh. Make a DC 14 con save. You said the net is paralyzing her? Uh, I rolled a 14. 14? That is uh, Tigos to the attacker, so I'm sorry. That's going to fail. Um, so you lay on the ground helpless, uh, wrapped in this net, watching the fight continue uh, through the wad of netting. Um, you're still conscious, and I guess also stunned, still, <laughs> uh, but you're unable to move or react. So, let me so you can take one action of doing nothing instead of two. So this last of the five Warforged is going to uh, attack and fire a net at Alaris. Uh, it's going to miss. And Alaris, a, a net just shot out of uh, one of these huntsmen's chest and whooshed past you. It is your turn. Okay. Um, am I still stunned or did I save last turn? Do you remember? Uh, you saved can I Can cool. I talk awesome. on his turn? Can I say a thing? How long is your thing? I'm going to yell one sentence at him. Okay, go. Let's get more Linde and run! Joe, can you give me a visualization of the battlefield? So I know there are three Warforged attacking Stormhawk, correct? The other two Warforged are off to the side attacking me and more Linde, but we, are we still right in front of Stormhawk also? You're still right in front of Stormhawk. Okay. Um, they've, this, this net in, in cannon stuff, um, or, yeah, th this net that shot out of their breastplate is, uh, attached to a 20 foot cable, so they don't have to be right next to you. Are they that far away? Like maximum distance or are they closer to the maximum distance? Yeah, let's do it maximum distance. Get on the outside of them and have the, you know, have Stormhawk on one side of the Warforge and us on the other side and pincer move. Now I'm going to move outside of the three Warforge that are attacking Stormhawk. And then I will use Shocking Grasp on one of them. Nice. So 20 hits. It absolutely does. 7 lightning damage. As a bonus action, I would like to take the Flaming Sphere and move it in the center of the three Warforged that are attacking Stormhawk. The first three Warforged that I name, uh, Zach, make sure that I remember to make that saving throw. Okay. You do the Shocking Grasp to, to one of the Warforged and lightning sprays from your hand uh and the warforged are taken back like this uh with their electricity messing with their um clockwork stuff um that one's going to have disadvantage and it's going to be stormhawk's turn stormhawk is going to attack one of these warforged it's going to miss that first one it's going to miss that second one and on the last attack we'll hit uh, so this is one of the claw moves uh it'll do four damage Morlinde, you are paralyzed and you are stunned and you are in a net. Great. Hooray. I'm going to save for some things because I don't think there's anything else I can do. Uh, I'm going to save for stunned, but I rolled a seven, so I'm not. Uh, what's the next one? Paralyzed. Uh, rolled a two, so I'm still paralyzed. Nope. <laughs> so that means that I sure as hell can't get out of the net. So I'm not even going to try. All right. All right. I am going to do two things. Can you get closer to the mic? Can that Sorry. be the first one? Yes. I'm going to do two things using my point <laughs> of inspiration. Uh, 
Uh, first action is to run over and try and cut Morlinde free okay. from her net. What, okay. what do I need to roll to do that? DC strength check. Go ahead and roll that for me. Or, no, or slashing damage, excuse me. So whatever you want to make that roll count for. As either a check or an attack. As an attack, 16. What's the net's AC? It's got a really low AC. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 11, or sorry, 10 damage. The biggest thing you have to be concerned with is not chopping through the net and hitting Morlinde. That's true. Yeah, please don't. You're right, actually. Um, hey, Morlinde? Yeah? Can you give me a dexterity save? Oh, wait. She's immobile. I'm probably not going to hit her. Can you, yeah, can you have a dexterity save? Yes, I can. Or you just have him roll with disadvantage. 19. Okay, yeah, you don't hit her. I'm good at this. So that was my first All action. Right, so the next, no, that's your only action. No, because I'm going to spend my point of inspiration and get another turn. Your point of inspiration gives you advantage on any roll. That's. I thought that's you could use it to, like, action. get a whole a whole extra action. No, that's an action no. point. Oh, is that 4th edition? Yeah. yeah. That's 4th edition. God dang it! We've only been playing this for a year, it's fine. <laughs> well, whatever, right, I guess so that's my action then. Well, you saved Melinda, that's something. That's a good thing, that's important. It's not cool enough. <laughs> well, not saved yet, it's just out of the net. I cut yeah. her free. Um, Grimton, it's your turn. Oh, 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 wait though, my bear what? can still attack. What? What? Yeah. Oh, that's true. Attack. So she's gonna uh, stop messing with Stormhawk and go try and wreck some of these Warforged, specifically the ones, the two that shot at our people. Okay. So uh, let's say the one that shot Morlinde. First roll was a six, probably was so seven, not gonna hit. Second roll was ooh a twenty. So she will deal. Alrighty. Uh, sixteen damage. So that's with her claws. Grimton, your turn. Grimton is conflicted. Because on the one hand, he's, like, riding this hot wave of emotion, fighting the spirit. But then, like, him as a as a person is, is more vindictive towards the Warforged. So he's just gonna turn around and disengage with Stormhawk immediately. And he's gonna go after the nearest one, whichever one is closest to him. So he's gonna attack him with the greatsword. Okay. For a 16. That'll hit. Nine damage. That one is going to uh, disengage from Stormhawk and is going to now attack you. And that'll be a 17 versus your AC. Oh, sorry. 17 plus four to hit. Uh, uh, so 21 versus your AC. Yeah. And it's going to, uh, instead of attacking with its halberd, is going to fire the net cannon out. It's, so it's going to uh, wrap around you, and you feel the barbs into your into the fleshy bits that are available, even though you're wearing like some ridiculous mail, I'm sure. Um, so you can feel it like sink into your hands and like your neck area, and you're poisoned, my dude. Not poisoned, paralyzed. I oh, does he need to make a saving? Saving throw. It's going to be a 10. It'll take 8 damage. One. This one's going to continue to attack Stormhawk. Um, that's going to miss. Uh, it's going to roll a saving throw. It's going to 13. Uh, tie goes to the attack. 4. Uh, this is another one that's attacking Stormhawk. It's going to miss. Morlinde. This is the one that attacked you. That is a nat 20. The other one that attacked Stormhawk, Stormhawk need to make a saving throw. Oh yeah, you're right. That saving throw was a six, so no. That one will take eight damage. Um, so it fires another net over you, and you're resecured. Oh, just actually, you know what? It's not going to fire a net over you. It's going to fire a net at 
Ulrich that was right there releasing Moreland Bay. Ulrich, you're captured by uh, the net. You're prone and paralyzed. Any, uh, any saving throws? Do I get to save? Um, not yet. That's on your turn. And this one is the one that has disadvantage for the something. For me shocking grasping it. Yeah, from you shocking grasping it. So he's going to turn around. You know what? He's going to net cannon you too. Net cannon me? Yeah, but he rolled a two, so it's going to miss. Yeah, so that's right. No one can net me. Uh, Alaris, it's your turn. How do you retribute? Well, electrical attacks, attacks seem to be good. So you're going to redo shocking grasp? Uh, Sure. I'll just do that again. Okay. That sounds good. That'll be a 24. 24 is going to hit. That'll be eight damage. Uh, Stormhawk's turn. Stormhawk is going to attack um, that same Warforged and is going to hit doing uh, five damage on the bite, five plus six damage, so 11, and then it's going to continue claw attacks on the other two that were attacking them. So one slashing damage on one, four slashing damage on the other. Let me write this down. Morlinde, you're paralyzed and you are stunned still. Um, put the nets open. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, I'm paralyzed. That means I can't get up. I guess I should roll to save for paralysis. I rolled a 12, so I'm good, right? Uh, yes. Ah, save from stun, and I rolled a nat 20, so what a nice. good use of a nat 20. Auric, your turn. You are paralyzed in the thing. Guess I'm going to save. Uh, well, let, let me, Mother Bear is going to attack the same Warforged she just fought. That's the one that shot you. Yeah, it's the same one. Her first attack is 17. So. Uh, 11. For 11 damage, okay. 11 piercing, if that's relevant. 18. Are these both on the same Warforged? Yes. Okay. Uh, 10 damage. The, the mechanism that powers uh, this Huntsman explodes and the construct is destroyed. Uh, it's going to project superheated steam and shrapnel and every creature... Uh, within five feet of it, which includes Ulrich and Mother Bear. And all four of the other Warforged? No. They're all right <laughs> next to it. At least one mm. other is. Okay, and one other well, Warforged are all gonna make. But if you if that one's right there, then I'm close enough to touch it, and also Morlinde is right next to you, so he would have to add both of them in there, too. Yeah. Alright, so it's gonna be Morlinde and Ulrich, for sure, Great. and Mother Bear, that, that need one. And then I'll roll two, uh, saving throws for Warforged. Give me a dex saving throw. The roll itself was an 18, so 21. Okay. That'll save. I rolled a 4. Though, Joe, it's, it is All definitely 100% right. pure luck that I don't get hit, because I can't move. Yeah, I can say you get paralyzed. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, oh. it cartoonishly, like, outlines where I'm laying with shrapnel yeah. that doesn't hit me. <laughs> And it perfectly cuts um, the net. You are going to take <laughs> I half roll a 20 of... There, Zach. I rolled an 18. <laughs> Every, everything else, um, the two Warforged, Mother Bear and uh, Morlinde, are going to take 18 damage, God. fire damage. Dang um, it. That means I'm, like, super, super down. I have negative 10 okay. 
Massive damage can kill you instantly when damage reduces you to zero hit points and there is damage remaining. You die if the damage equals or exceeds your hit point maximum. Okay. So you're good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Close. For sure. Like mechanically yeah. good. Yeah, I, I I saw that too. I googled it because I was like, mm, I just want to know. <laughs> so that one's dead. Uh, and Ulrich, you also took a lot of damage, right? No, I, I got no, completely you dodged. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Wait, no, you didn't completely dodge because you did ha- take half of that 18. Technically, so he didn't dodge. Why did I take half paralyzed. of it? Because you said you were going to take half. It's half damage. Oh. Because I said so. Because oh. every creature oh, okay. within five no, feet no, of the construct cool. takes... So yeah. I take nine? Well, yeah. we'll chalk it up to you couldn't move. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I definitely got hurt. That's fair. Morlinde's body protected you. <laughs> <laughs> she, like, stood up and was just like, <laughs> She's like, I'm not paralyzed anymore. Basically, that's oh. true. I finally stood up. <laughs> um, Auric, what's your hit point at? Four. Okay. <laughs> the, the single digit. Grimton, it's your turn. You're paralyzed in, in a net. So I'm going to save from paralysis then. That's a nine. Grimton, the, the Warforge that has you... Uh, is also going to shoot a net at Alaris for 11, which is going to miss. Um, this next one is going to attack Alaris. Uh, it was also engaging with... Oh, wait, hold on. I need to do a saving throw for it, don't oh, I? Yeah, yeah, you do. Okay. Uh, that rolls a 6, so it's going to take more damage. That one will take 12 damage. Now, the one that was also attacking Stormhawk is going to uh, attack you, Alaris. That'll be a uh, an 18. Yeah, that'll hit. That'll hit. That'll play. That'll be uh, 7 slashing damage. I'm down. Uh, Auric, your turn. No, just kidding. Uh, the one that has Auric is going to go. So, um, wait, wouldn't they still need to save now until... No. As soon as I go down, no, because you, it would go away? Or would it go away whenever I, mean, I can't concentrate anymore on my turn? Well, you're down, so you can't concentrate. You're unconscious. <laughs> so the one that has Auric is going to shoot a net at Alaris. And Alaris, it's just going to kind of coup de growl you, and you're going to be re-netted. Uh, the one that has Morlinde is going to secure that up again. And you watch as the Huntsman fights against the Stormhawk. Uh, the the longsword clashes against the mighty spirit, um, exploding in electric blue sparks. Lightning sprays from its beak at the Huntsman, whose clockwork gears and mechanisms were loudly under its power. Uh, and the remaining Warforged are taken aback by this, stunned momentarily at the electricity conflicting with their steam power. Uh, Stormhawk seizes one in its great talons, lifting it off the ground. Still only a few feet off the air, another Warforged fires its net cannon, wrapping the spirit in its grasp and tangling its wings. Uh, the primal spirit, who had banished the gods and primordials from the cusp, falls to the ground with the divinely inspired construct in its talons. On impact with the ground, that huntsman's core explodes, and superheated steam blasts out, obscuring your view. When it clears, the net is empty, and Stormhawk is gone. Um, everybody start giving me death saving throws. Yeah. I'm not dead. Well, no, not everybody, but like Morlende and Alaris. 
as as the rest of this battle continues. I rolled a 16. Congratulations. You're back to zero. Alaris? Five. Give me another one. 20. Hey! There we go. <laughs> Thank God. I almost lost Alaris there. But you're still in the net. Wait, are there... Is this battle Aren't still going still on? Aren't there still Warforged? There's still one more Warforged. Yeah, There's one more Warforged? So did Stormhawk squish three of them at once? Yeah. <laughs> well, shit. The remaining Warforged stands up um, and assesses the situation, peeking out from behind the robot scuffed, dented, brassy plate armor. You, you see a, a complicated array of gears, both large and small, in the calm of this battle, as the rain begins to lift, the huntsman looks at you, captured and paralyzed in the net's tangle. Behind his eyes, you see a warm orange-yellow light. Everybody give me a religion or an arcana check. Grimton, you can roll with advantage. 20, Joe. 19. 23. Morlinde? Um, 12. So everybody but Morlinde, you're able to identify the nature of this magic as radiant. And... Though the body of the Warforge are clearly uh, metal constructs, it is radiant magic that gives the Warforge a a conscious mind. Grimton, you know the glow of this magic to be coming from the Soulforger and Moradin, the high god who gave life to the dwarves in the beginning. According to legend, Moradin imbued the dwarves with the fire and passion of his astral forge. This construct, this machine, Grimton, possesses the same life force that you have. It's almost deeply troubling to him to find out that, like, the same divine creature that bestowed life onto him and his race is also the one that's deeming it okay for the Warforge to live and is granting them their consciousness. So immediately there is still like a very guttural like primitive rejection of what the war for arged but now more than before he's hesitant to be so uh, for lack of a better word bloodthirsty for them so the Warforge begins to investigate you all, still helpless uh, the, the rain has stopped the clouds still cover the sky you lay in puddles and in the corner of the eyes, the Warforge begins applying wrist and ankle shackles to you, and your net is removed, and slowly uh, you can feel the blood in your body begin to flow again as the paralysis wears off. He, it, they, I'm just going to say he, I'm sorry, checks the condition of Morlinde and Alaris. You begin to wake up from your unconsciousness. Grimton, in, in your eyes, as the Warforge wipes mud from your face, it stops, and its eyes narrow, and he says, you're one of the dissenters. The construct begins to get you on your feet and sets you in a way uh, that you can all see him. He says, you are prisoners of King Greysunder and the kingdom of her dearth. You will follow the smoke recons on our mission and will eventually be taken to delve deep for sentencing. Uh, it, ch- it chains the lot of you together into a single line running from the robot to Ulrich at the last. Uh, and when you come to and begin to show signs of full movement, the Warforged Huntsman's 
grabs your shackles and lifts you up. He says, we're moving. So this Warforge leads you back to the river. The water is surging from the rainwater that was dumped into it during the battle uh, with Stormhawk mere minutes ago. The two constructs have pulled Marge the Deathbringer to shore. You do not see Nexby. You do not see Neoban. Your leader speaks. SRs 8 and 10. We have prisoners. SRs 1, 3, 5, and 6 have been killed. The thunder and lightning was from the massive bird of some sort. It disappeared, and I'm not sure if that means it's dead or not. One of the two uh, speaks up. It's bulkier and carries a shield on its back. He says, There is an elf and a, a gnome on the boat. Uh, the elf was naked for some reason. We've got them both chained to the deck. We identified the gnome as a dissenter as well. Shall we add these four? SR4, your leader, says, Yeah. The Warforge leads you onto the barge, Pulled onto land, you can see that the shape of the hull tapered to shallow points at the bow and the stern. The barge was built for traveling from Havenmere to Temple along the River Nogalar and was designed to carry bulk goods in shallow, wide water. Those goods, like stone pavers for the path of Isatalos, sat in the middle of this hole uh, that has an open deck between two cabins at each end. At the bow, a small companion hatch, which is like a half-height hatch that goes down into the thing. Um, small companion hatch leads into a tiny forecastle uh, where the hammocks are strung. SR4 takes you to the aftercastle at the stern of the boat, where all the mechanical parts to the driver is uh, run. Um, the rear of the ship sits in the water still, and the floor kind of slants downwards, reminding you of descending into a cave. The Warforged removes a bar, keeping the door shut. Inside the driver deck is Neovan crying, wrapped in a blanket, and Nexby, who just kind of gives a really terrified wave and kind of pulling the the sides of her mouth taut, doing the Ugh! face. SR4 says, this is where you will be until further notice. Shuts the door and you hear the bar put the back in its place. Well, this is bad. Can we, two questions. One, is it like dark in here? Can we see? There are two portholes um, leading outside. Um, they're maybe only like six inches in diameter, but they let in light and offer ventilation through the driver. Can we heal? Can we heal? Uh, yeah, you can heal. You can start the healing process. Yep, that's what I'm gonna do. Do the Warforged have, like, different, like, recognizably different voices, or do they all speak with basically the same voice? You could probably figure out how to distinguish it. As, as, as it's like, a, is it really as subtle? As much variation. If, if you knew them long enough, you could definitely be able to tell which is speaking. You could tell a difference between SR4, who led you in, and SR10. <laughs> I was just okay. curious. Uh, who was already at the boat. So... Should we assume that there are ten of them? At least, at least. Well, you know that four of them died. Well, yes. Should we assume that there are ten total? We Let's see, we were led here by four, and then he mentioned ten and nine? Or ten and eight? I, ten and eight. Ten and eight? Yeah. And two, four, six, and some other number are all, were all dead? That leaves numbers one, two... Three, five, six, seven, and nine. Between numbers one through ten. 
yeah, if they're all there, currently unaccounted for. Yeah, if 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 one through ten are all there, do we want to try to break out of here? Well, I mean, like I can't go back to her earth. They're, I'm absolutely uh, wanted, says Nexby, and Neavad's just like weeping. She's still right. totally overwhelmed. Well, then let's stay here till we get back in fighting shape, and then we'll make an escape. Yeah, we're in no we're in no shape to fight. Yeah, I need a second. While you're doing that and taking your your short rest and healing up, I'll go ahead and describe the details of the room. So in this after castle, like I said, are those two small uh, portable windows. Um, There's the engine that takes up the full back wall. You can see the underside of the poop deck, which is where the throttle and transmission controls are located. Um, The bottoms of these levers connect to the engine. On full-size ships, the wheel or the tiller would be mounted there too. Uh, connected to the rudder post by by a series of pulleys to apply torque. But on this barge, however, being small, direction is just controlled by a steering oar, which is currently inaccessible to the cabin. It's The room is, has maybe 10 by 7 feet of walking room. You've got various tools in there, uh, like wrenches, hammers that are there, but they're locked in a toolbox. This is where Nexby keeps her s- cooking set and food. And give me a perception check. 19. I rolled a 3. Uh, 12. Um, I rolled a 7. Sorry, the my computer did a thing. Um, Auric, you had a 19? Uh-huh. So you overhear stuff from the outside, which is appropriate because you were asking about the distinguishable voices. You you, you hear a couple things. Did, did, you, did you see the name of the boat? Marge the Deathbringer. Coincidence? Another voice. Probably. Why would there be a barge, a barge with the Deathbringer's name on it in the watched forest? I'd like to make some kind of relevant check to rack my brain for knowledge as to what the Deathbringer, the Deathbringer is. <laughs> Rolled 13. Uh, I mean, like, not gonna happen. history or kind of... Like, <laughs> not, yeah. not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. So... I, I could hear a little bit of what they were talking about out there. And oh. They said something about the Deathbringer, but they weren't talking about, you know, the boat. I think... Well, well, they didn't believe that we were related to it, but if it's important enough, we might could... Uh, bluff our way into some... It could get us in more trouble, or it could get us out of trouble. It is just a bit of information. This this word Deathbringer is associated with something that was important enough for them to discuss. Yeah, that's problematic, says, uh, says Nexby. The Deathbringer was... Well, Marge is my wife. The Deathbringer is her... Uh, Moniker? The war, her moniker. Yes, thank you, Alaris. Welcome. Why is she called that? Because she's a badass. Badass. Because because she's a badass. She's currently wanted like I am, by her dearth. So we are in a boat, named after somebody who is wanted. Two, like a third of us, are specifically wanted. <laughs> And we're all captured. Yeah, that seems to be the the bulk of it, huh? We need to not be. What is the door made out of? <laughs> is it flammable? I mean, it's a 
pretty solid wood door. What is the walls surrounding the door made out of? Is it also wood? It's also wood. Okay. Yeah, it's a, just a wood barge. Just a wood barge. Go ahead and give me another perception check. Ten. Fourteen. Sarah? Uh, also fourteen. To sixteen. Grimton, um, as you start listening and uh, clued in by this conversation, you hear kind of a middle of a conversation. Yeah, two of them are dissenters. Uh, rock, gnome and d- rock gnomes and dwarves aren't native to these parts. Uh, SR8, collect their image and we'll send them back to Helberdor and see if there's a match. So you you hear the bar outside the door move and it opens uh, to SR8, another of those stockier warforged. They wield a two-foot clear glass rod. He says, dwarf... Stay in the room, but separate yourself from the others. I need to be able to get a clear image of you. So Grimson is going to stand. He's going to oblige him. Okay. And he can't help but put on, like, a sort of very wry smile for the Warforged. Do you have a name you'd like to give? Grimton. Steady Hand. They take the glass rod topped with a ruby uh, and he points it above your head Grimton and slowly the staff is waved down to your feet you feel a tugging inside of you Uh, and watching this happen to Grimton you other three uh, you see faint wisps of warm breath being pulled into the ruby then further down into the glass you can see it swirling like steam condensed on the inside of the walls give grimton give me a religion check morlinde give me a nature check and alaris give me an arcana check with advantage do i not get to roll <laughs> no Did i mean you nature? can roll but i don't know what you'd roll yeah, yeah i can roll nature, nature i'm holding that 20 but it's also a 28 oh. okay 19 dang i'm gonna roll okay um <laughs> 20 Grimton, you understand that what has been taken from you is a small part of your soul. Uh, The Warforged just forced this from you. Ulrich, what you see happening is uh, unlike anything you've witnessed in the Watched Forest or back in Kolgafir or anywhere else. Uh, As you understand it, a non-living construct has taken some of Grimton's living spirit and has it contained in this rod. And Alaris... You are able to identify the nature of this magic that you just witnessed. This rod is necrotic. While it isn't draining life from Grimtim or uh, causing him to haunt this realm of the afterlife for all eternity, it is dabbling in the like positive and negative cosmic energies. And because soul magic doesn't always look like liches at the bottom of a dungeon, right? Right. Um, you do know that this necrotic magic that just happened is different from the life force that the warforged are using to be powered like that's that's still radiant damage from more than this is distinct from that the warforged says we'll get this to help a door and then come back to collect your image gnome okay and then he shuts the door and applies a bar how are you feeling Grimton? not pleased I was meaning more in a soulful sense. (laughs) What was that? I feel tired, if that gives you anything, but I don't know what it was. What are we going to do? We don't 
want to make it all the way back into her dearth. No, but at this point, like, even if we manage to fight successfully these Warforged, I mean, we saw what happened last time we beat one, and we're in a small space. This is not going to go well if we try and fight. But we, we, we can't to, go all the way back, you're right. We don't have to beat them, as in power them down or what have you. We just have to get them off the barge. But there are still, what, half a dozen? Five of these things? Six, probably. Yeah. Six is the least. And, like, it was all we could do to beat one. Well, but we had also been fighting Stormhawk before. Uh, it doesn't matter. Those nets took us out fast. I don't think we're going to win Those a head-to-head Those nets are encounter. a problem. We need to be the able nets, to, the like, nets are leave, definitely a problem. leave without being noticed. And there are now, like, there's six of us in here, so, like... Do you think the best choice is to abandon the barge and just try to make it off? I mean... <laughs> I mean, I guess my life is better than, you know, not having the barge, but, like, y'all, I can't go to prison. <laughs> How heavy are the Warforged? Do we know? Well, <laughs> like, physically heavy? Like physically. Like, how much do those weigh? I mean... It's a humanoid-sized medium creature that's made entirely of metal. So pretty heavy. If we could, instead of... Because I know they want to self-destruct. But if we could have them self-destruct somewhere else. Did they take our stuff? You, you have what would be on... On your person and, like, in a pocket. But weapons are clear and, like, you don't have your backpack full of tools and whatnot. Uh, next B. You know that book you were talking about? The artificial spellbook? Yeah. How uh -huh. bad would it be if they had it? I mean, it's not terrible. Yeah? Because they already have it, like, right? Yeah, okay. Cool. I just want to make sure. Because, you know, the Soul Forgers created them and all that, and then, like, they already have it. But, like, if them just, like, having possession of the spellbook, they kind of already do, in, like, a greater sense. It's back in uh, her dearth, right? But, you know, we're, it wouldn't be the worst thing. Why do you ask? Uh, I have a copy of your spellbook. It is in my backpack. Wait, for how long have you had this? the entire time. Pockets the cat has come to assist us in our role-playing. Actually, I do want to put one last plug. If any of our listeners want to party up with me on Overwatch, I am Dubious Tundra 46 
as the like Xbox assigned me. An well, what I've never what console do you play on? I, I'm only playing it on Xbox right now, though I will be getting it on PC also, just not anytime soon. Nerd. I'm gonna lay here like a slug. Ride that hot wave of emotion. <laughs> so, Auric, you are... <laughs> Audience, um, Steven is now flipping me off, which is terribly rude of him. Um, this is a teacher. This person <laughs> teaches in schools. He teaches young children, and he is currently vigorously flipping me off. What a dick. Vigorously. Um, vigorously flipping me off. Oh, it feels so good. Um, successfully you were saying distracted. that the, the Warforged to totally missed everything, and it just like got a clump of dirt. Oh yeah, the Nat 20 <laughs> that went and they fell straight apart. into you. They're not very well um, made. <laughs> in the rain, they uh, they rust. <laughs> okay. That's a nine. Nope. It's also a nine. What? Because nine means no in German. He's Go ahead. A very bad German. Joke. Okay, that was bad. Behind its eyes, you see a warm. Not Siri. Shut up. Steam thirsty. <laughs> Wait. So did Stormhawk die, or did Stormhawk disappear? Who's to say? Damn it, Siri, shut up. Okay. The Warforge leads you onto the barge. The, the barge? Board. The Deathbringer is her... Not Siri, shut up. 